0: That's a growler.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and we're in the credits, guys. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howitt.
0: I'm Tierney Steele.
1: And I'm Mike Curlucci.
0: He's back!
1: Welcome back, our first returning and our last returning guest. <laughs> Here because we uh, we discovered something upon having guessed the first time that he had never seen this movie. He promised to watch it for us, and now we're going to get some interesting commentary from him on what he thought seeing it for the first time uh, nowadays instead of back when he was a child.
0: So would you like to... Talk about the minute first or just launch into thoughts on the movie overall?
1: Let's go ahead and talk about the minute first and then we can get into some other things because the minute doesn't have very much.
0: Okay. Well, let's not knock minute 91. It's a perfectly respectable minute to end the movie. It starts with the narrator finishing his sentence about, you know, Bastion made many other wishes and had many other amazing adventures before he finally returned to the ordinary world. And it ends with the credit for production coordinator Annie Napoleon, except it is spelled N-A-P hyphen O-L-E-O-N. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. I've never seen that spelled that way. It was a new experience (laughs) for me.
1: Let's not talk about the end of the minute yet. Let's get into the beginning of it.
0: So (laughs) did anyone else go down a rabbit hole of trying to identify architecture styles?
1: No, I cannot say that just, I did. Just me. <laughs> what did you what did you find?
0: Oh my god. Well, because this ends we see three buildings that pans up towards the sky where Falcor has disappeared as the narrator speaks. And we see three buildings and the one on the left is brutalism. I live in Boston. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay. No big deal. The one in the middle made me think of like Parisian apartment buildings. And so I think it's second empire it's obviously not from second empire which is like 1700s france but i think it's kind of influenced by that it's kind of in the same realm but the third oh my god i would have said federalism because it reminds me of every bank or federal building that was converted into offices now in new england because it has the arched windows that seem very like there there would be fancy condos in there now but that's not what federalism is, is an architecture style. It's columns and Jefferson and a whole other thing. So I have no idea what that style is called.
1: All right. Well, any listeners out there, if you're an architectural <laughs> specialist and you can clue us in as to what style this building on the right is, and that's the red building with the tan kind of highlights on it, please uh, answer up in the listener society and let us know.
0: That would be so appreciated. And please feel free to correct me on the middle building because I could be completely wrong. I mean, I was going off of Wikipedia and Google image search. This was not like scholarly work.
1: (laughs) All right. My uh, first note, quote unquote, note for this minute is that reminding everybody that, that this soft spoken voice that we hear here talking about, you know, what's going to happen and it's another story. That is the same voice as Gamork, and the same voice as (laughs) (laughs) Rockpiler, and the same voice as Falcor. He's back. It's incredible.
0: I felt very incomplete though because he said half the thing.
1: (laughs) He did say half the thing, and
0: I wanted him to say that shall be told another time so
1: badly. (laughs) Please just edit it in. That's all I need. (laughs) Do the thing. I need the thing. All right, so that takes us into credits pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of action to this movie. Do you have any th- any particular notes on the credits themselves?
0: Um, I had a few quick little things. Um, the first thing I noticed was that best buddies Burns—they're back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Burns uh, are back.
0: Burns are back. Uh, I appreciate a cast listing that tells you how it was determined, and in this case, it's an order of appearance. <laughs> Um, And then, it's a really teeny cast listing, but I managed to find controversy within it anyway.
1: Of course you did. Carl
0: Coriander with a K.
1: Right.
0: What happened to Cornelius? And also, why would he have problematic initials?
1: I don't know. I really don't know. I guess they just didn't... Maybe they didn't notice the importance (laughs) of it when they were making the movie. Like, changing it from the book to the movie. They didn't realize... That it was supposed to be alliteration as well? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. The whole point is that all his initials are the same letter. And when it's Cornelius Coriander with a C, that's adorable. But when it's Carl Coriander with a K, it's not. It's just not. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not okay. And also, it's such an unnecessary change.
1: Right. I, I- have no idea why they would even make that change. Th- Maybe they are, didn't want it confused with the spice or something.
0: Those are two. Those are two names that could absolutely be spelled with a C. It's completely acceptable. <laughs> I had a Carl with a C in my family. I mean, he hated that name, but that's a whole other thing. Right. And then I'm obviously not going to go person by person through the credits because we would be here for right. So ever.
1: some things <laughs> to note that I noticed is that yep. the theme song "Neverending Story." The music was by Giorgio Moroder, the mm-hmm. lyrics were actually by Keith Forsey. and it was performed by Lamal. Okay. So everybody always just thinks Lamal because of the song, but I think Giorgio and Keith would appreciate their <laughs> due credit here for what they contributed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I-, I love that it's like the second thing. Like, what's the most important things in this movie? Here's our cast. Here's our song.
1: <laughs> yeah, special effects and makeup. We've we've talked about it a lot, but here it definitely calls it out that the special effects makeup and sculpture supervisor was Colin Arthur. Yeah. So all that great stuff that we saw with Nighthob and the creatures in the ivory tower and all that wonderful stuff. He was in charge of all that stuff.
0: Yeah. I had Colin Arthur on mine. I also had a shout out for Giuseppe Totora because I'm in love with his title, which is chief animatronics engineer for mechanical special effects creatures.
1: That's a lot of words saying that he did the puppets. He was in charge of them. <laughs>
0: but 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 the computery bit of the puppets, because as we you had posted a behind the scenes in the Ivory Tower that shows how they were basically I mean, it looks like they're playing video games, but it's but it's the puppets, so it was really cool. And then I also liked uh Mike White as Cloud Effects unit supervisor. <laughs> Since we talked a lot about that effect and the uh aquarium usage.
1: <laughs> right. So of note to me here for our our master of ceremonies, Mr. Olderico. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's credited with the scenery and creature and costume designer. So he came up with what these creatures were gonna look like and then he okay. handed it off to Colin an Arthur and said, Do this please. <laughs> and the same thing with uh with Giuseppe Tortori, he's like, here's what I want, now make it happen.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, those are the only notes I have for this, and sorry, Mike, to leave you out, but I wanted to make sure that we did get some shout-outs, because now that you've seen this movie, you understand why, you know, the person who's in charge of special effects makeup, kind of a big deal in this movie.
2: <laughs> oh, definitely. Or how could you have the the snail rider without convincing makeup? <laughs> That's <laughs> like he sold me on that character.
1: So speaking of what, you, what you've been sold on, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and dig into some of your thoughts. So you had not seen the movie before you came in near the end and got a pretty outlandish idea of what, what the movie was about from those <laughs> five minutes. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about how those five minutes prepared you for the rest of the movie or didn't <laughs>
2: I'm now positive. I I was really sure I I hadn't seen it after seeing the five minutes. I now am 100% positive, because there were all sorts of things that were, like, nothing was familiar at all. Okay. The five minutes I saw did not prepare me for the rest of the movie. (laughs) In any way, shape, or form. I I didn't check my my notes or anything to see where they were and remember the minutes, so I was just kind of waiting for them to show up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they were way in there.
2: Yeah, I knew it was towards the end. I was like, well, how, what's going to lead into it? How do we get there? And it, uh, it was just such a weird ride. Like it opens with major (laughs) dad and you know, he's, he's there with, with Bastion.
0: He's making breakfast improperly. I saw you notice that too. (laughs) That was part of the tweets.
1: (laughs) Talk talk to the listeners about how you watched this and what you did as you're watching it so that they have some context.
2: Sorry. So I was, I was going to take notes. Yeah,
1: so I'd have something something here,
2: but I decided oh, I'll just start tweeting out my thoughts. And a few people said like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies from childhood. And I was like, I'm watching it for the first time in my 30s.
1: <laughs> Did you get a lot of grief for that?
2: It's just it's just weird because I've talked to so many people over the years and it's kind of come up as because people remember like the old man in the bookstore. I think someone said like he looked like an elf from maybe the, the Hobbit cartoons, which I don't think I... <laughs> Saw all of those, but it just didn't. The five minutes of flying around and a lot more neck than I remember just didn't <laughs> prepare me.
1: We'll be honest; we didn't we didn't expect those minutes to prepare you for much, honestly. But I am interested in knowing what you thought now that you've gone through it. If you want to go through some of your tweets and and tell us some of the thoughts you were thinking as you were going through it, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I started off with his breakfast. I mean, that's basically <laughs> that's basically irrelevant. But, Who
0: blends uh, oranges? <laughs> and then you realized it Yeah, got he, worse. Added,
2: he added an egg to his like, orange juice in a blender. Doesn't that sound delicious? Ugh. <laughs> no. I did like that Bastion's haircut is kind of a delightful 80s throwback after watching Stranger Things. Like, he and, um... Will? Will! He and Will have yep. the same haircut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly the same haircut. I must and say that was cool. Since
1: since you brought up Stranger Things, I am rather disappointed in this season because this is 1984 on that show, and they did not mention this movie. I am upset. <laughs> ah. uh,
2: maybe, maybe there's an Easter egg that hasn't been discovered yet.
1: I looked everywhere. Trust me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd be the person to notice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from breakfast.
2: Yeah. What else did I say? Uh, he was drawing unicorns in his math book. That it, he wanted to swim. Uh, he was afraid of horses. It's like, oh, I know there's a horse in this movie.
1: <laughs> and what happens to that
2: horse? So I've heard. <laughs> I've heard people talk about this scene, and like, I, I don't get it. All I could think is Revenge of the Sith, and Padme dies of a broken heart. Like Atreyu right. is saying, ah! we just can't. We have, we have. to not let the the sadness, you know, con- consume us. And uh, like, I'm thinking he's. You know, he and the horse are gonna be fine. Like this is this can't be this can't be what the horse does. There's no sign that the horse is getting sad. Just all of us you know, is talking to himself and he's like pepping himself up. I assume he's pepping up the horse too. And the
1: horse just starts sinking in the mud. It's just like oh. So I just had a thought while you were while you were talking about all this tyranny, you're mm-hmm. gonna hate me for this, but What if Artax dies because Bastion is scared of horses?
0: I'm too busy wrapping my head around the fact that Artax is Padme.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) the thing that he admittedly is scared of, his father says, you're too scared to get on one. And then, oddly enough, the one that's in the story is dead.
0: (laughs) Pretty quickly, too.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if that was his subconscious like making it go away.
0: Oh, I like that, because I think Bastion doesn't want to be scared of horses. He wants to be cool like Atreyu in riding them.
1: Right. And that's where he, he, Mm. at the end, is cool like Atreyu in riding Falcor, which he's not scared of.
0: (laughs) And the horse is very far away on the ground.
1: Yes, exactly. Safe
2: distance. (laughs) Safe distance away. And Bastion didn't try out for swimming. How did Atreyu's horse die? It drowned Drowning. In the
1: Drowning. Ooh, look at you! That's awesome. His two <laughs> fears combined in one, and it gives us one of the most memorable memorable scenes in the movie. <laughs> awesome. So, what other what other tweets do you have? So I I couldn't tell. D- does the guy
2: own a bookstore or was it like a little library or is it his house and he's just weird? <laughs> like, like I wasn't I sure. Wish
0: it was the last <laughs> one. No, it's it's a bookstore, and although it is not. Very well presented in the movie. When the, he answers the phone, I did listen to what he's saying, and it is what a book dealer would be talking about. So oh, it's it's like it's like um brattle, you know it it's not it's not Barnes and Noble, but he is buying and selling rare books.
1: Okay. All right. Speaking of rare books, I do want to give a shout out to the wonderful guys that joined us last week, the fellows over at Princess Bride Minute. <laughs> I just received in the mail my deluxe edition of The Princess Bride straight from the publisher who they managed to get a hold of and they held a contest on their show and I happened to be one of the winners. So the other day in the mail that arrived and it's a beautiful book and it does have pages that aren't even, which I (laughs) (laughs) liked.
0: A lot of people have commented on their disappointment that Deep Roy and the Night Hob. The racing snail that they're not in more of the movie. Do, do you feel like you got enough of them?
2: No, I really thought they were. We kind of touched on it in in uh, the minute with the rock biter. that mm-hmm. he, like he lost his friends, but I really thought there was going to be more, especially when they showed up at the uh, the ivory tower. Like they just sort of hang in the background, and like we get a couple shots of them, but they're not interacting with what is it? The, the guy, the, like the guy who tries to arrest Chris Pine, not Chris Pine. Um, <laughs> Star Lord, but like he—he's he, got kind of like the pointy hair, and his head hmm. is shaped like the window. And I'm not sure why.
0: <laughs> so that Thomas can make all the inappropriate jokes about that shape, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's uh... a. <laughs> there were some talks. <laughs> Let's just say that they get us to the Ivory Tower. A tree gets his mission. Now, what did you think? of the mission or did, what, what are your, t- your tweets after that? Like, what were your thoughts as you're going through these?
2: I thought it was poorly explained to him. Like they're recruiting the hero to save their world. And he shows up like, like how did they contact him? What, what did they do? They didn't give him any, any notice. He, they didn't know he was a kid. Like he, this guy seems like the right hand of the Empress. He should have known he should have been there should have been a welcoming committee.
1: Yeah, well, what and what the movie leads us to believe is that the Empress knows what's going on. She knows how all of this is going to play out. So she says, get me a treyu from this place. And before this meeting even happens, they've already sent for him. And so everybody's waiting there when he actually arrives. Oh, she's our only hope.
2: <laughs> uh, it's like, well, obviously referencing Star Wars. Uh, you must go alone isn't really advice. Like, that's sort of a
1: condition.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I noticed that too. You must go
1: alone. You must not take your weapons. (laughs) (laughs) There's only two things I can tell you. It did amaze us that he was so quick to accept the quest before he even knew what it was or what the conditions were. I mean,
2: this is your hero to save everyone. You know, advice could have been trust no one or... Look to the sky or,
1: you know, anything. Or you're going to have a big evil devil dog chasing you the whole time. Be (laughs) careful.
2: (laughs) Yes. I will get to the devil dog.
0: Sorry for misleading you about the dog (laughs) when you were on the podcast before. Yeah. Morla, the giant tortoise, is another pretty memorable character.
2: I happened to watch uh, Moana. (laughs) And and so, so he actually made me think a lot of the crab in Moana the, the crabla yes he was like a combination of the crab and the island because he was sort of rose out of the ground I'm making a large rising gesture with my hands <laughs> right
1: now it's very grand and yeah. <laughs> and overwhelming so what are your next thoughts following uh, Morla uh, oh before before Morla, I was a okay little go ahead
2: upset that we didn't get to see any of the other quests uh, going to the silver mountains or the desert. Like not even as a montage. Like it sounded like there's a lot. Like there's a lot more meat that could have been in this film. But I could have easily had like a two and a half hour version of this movie where <laughs> we got some of the side quests and the journey would have been longer. And...
0: Other than thirty seconds of Lamal and a galloping horse.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like if they if they were to remake this movie, you know, cross it a little bit with Lord of the Rings and Narnia. You have a little more setup. Maybe borrow from The Princess Bride and. You know, he, he could be, you know, ma- major dad or they could use um, they could use Bilbo from the from Sherlock. He could he could kind of step in and be <laughs> the dad who's kind of depressed because his wife is dead. He's raising the kid. He's trying to teach the, you know, teach the kid to love reading because, you know, his mother loved to read. But he's not interested in the book. But then, you know, Bilbo gets called away. Maybe the power, the power could still go out with the storm and he starts reading the book. And like we're cutting back and forth and the storm is out. And now Bastion loves reading, and you know, he just gets more and more involved <laughs> in the book as as the as each time we cut back. Before you know, before Bilbo's really like forcing him to listen. And now he's fully <laughs> into the story. So by the I, end, when you get the big crazy thing, which I, I need to find out because I have no idea what he says. We'll tell you when we get there. Let's enjoy yeah. this
0: moment while we can.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we're Let's not enjoy quite this there, time yeah.
0: of your innocence. <laughs>
2: But by that point, he would have. He, you would feel like he's super involved in the story, where he doesn't seem. I don't know. He, I, I guess I'm, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm 30 years late for the nostalgia. Right. Bastian doesn't feel like he's as invested as he needs to be by the end, even though he kind of gets there.
0: Thomas, you had a lot of critiques of how long it takes Bastion to accept his role,
1: it, especially once he's already he's accepting it. He's obviously accepted enough to have a conversation with this person or to like talk back and forth to the book and yet somehow still fights it as he's going. It it drives me a little crazy. I'm looking through your tweets now (laughs) (laughs) and shortly after talking about drawing unicorns in the book, you have a note here that says wizard of Oz. What's that in reference to? Do you remember He's telling the, Bastion's telling the old man all the books he oh, read yeah. over the summer.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. He's like, I've read real books, old man. Listen to me. This is my reading list. It's not comic books.
1: I'm not reading Superman. <laughs> so you also said school addict, better than a pool on the roof, I guess. Is that a yeah. reference to Hackers?
2: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> oh my God. I love that, that movie. movie. It's, it is the greatest
1: Somehow you've made me a little bit hungry for some limestone pie and hot melted <laughs> silver.
0: <laughs> don't drink that. <laughs> That's uh, There's a lot of overlap between Return to Oz and the NeverEnding Story.
2: I would have taken more of the Rockbiter. Like, his story was interesting. I wasn't sure if he was a villain. Like Just right. based mm-hmm. on the five minute, based on the clip I had mm-hmm. seen of him and then based on his introduction. I don't know why he has a nope. steamroller. I just don't. <laughs> Uh, but he's just smashing <laughs> through the forest. Yeah, like he's eating the rocks and it's like, oh, well, maybe he ate all the rocks and that's the problem. You know, rocks aren't really sus- a sustainable resource, but maybe they grow <laughs> rocks. Maybe maybe they're, the rock fighters are like the gnome king's gnomes and they they manufacture the delicious rocks there.
1: Or <laughs> maybe they just recycle them by pooping them out. Oh, that could be. Maybe they eat a limestone and they poop out a granite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what were your thoughts on Falkor when we finally come across him?
2: I think I, I really thought I, I would have sworn up and down that he was shaped like a Cocker Spaniel. That was all <laughs> I knew in my head. Like, oh yeah, the big yeah, flying yeah. dog. Clearly not Cocker Spaniel. His flying motion, which we didn't get to see too much of because he was, he and Bastion were sort of together and we just saw his neck. But when he's the whole body... It's kind of it, if it were, you know, if it were done now, like it would be a much grander effect. But it's sort <laughs> right. of neat just seeing this thing like, zip through the sky. So, <laughs> yes, that's that's what I remember. Like
1: that that's the kind of uh
2: kind of animation I, I, I remember from childhood films.
1: <laughs> I do think it's interesting that you caught on to something that I kinda caught on to this, this watch through as well. And that's where you mentioned are you questioned. Um, is it a good luck dragon or a bad luck dragon? Yeah. Which I kind of had a thought, like, is it is he a good luck dragon or is he just a luck dragon and it can be good or bad?
0: <laughs> Listen, you Glindas, clearly Falcor is not a bad luck dragon.
1: I didn't say he was a bad luck dragon. I'm just saying he could encompass all types of luck. All right, so you got to explain this one to me, Mike. The Southern Oracle, a eh? Human child? Oh, Southern
2: Oracle must have been when they were at. Does the first Oracle? No, the first Oracle. He just runs past. Right. The blue ones are the ones that. Yes. Die. And I, I guess for a second I didn't realize they were the Southern Oracle. I thought maybe the Wolf was the Oracle because he gets to that temple and it has all the paintings of him. I was like, so the wolf's right. the Oracle? <laughs> like maybe it's a a Soromon thing. The Southern Oracle has been corrupted and that he teamed up with the nothing. But that was that was wrong because I remembered <laughs> the he got the he did get the forecast from the. The other two uh, <laughs> sphinxes. Yeah, I, I don't know. This. I guess I thought that was the next gate, not the oracle, but it gave him the, the words of wisdom. And they're like, oh, a human child. Atreyu seems
1: human.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had a problem with that, too.
1: Technically, he's Fantasian.
0: If they yeah. had said an earthly child, all this would have been fine.
1: Or if Atreyu had been the traditional green that he was supposed to be.
0: Look, Noah Hathaway oh. suffered enough filming this movie.
1: <laughs> right. So, Mike, just so you know, in the book, yeah, in the book, he was green skinned. So there's that. You would have had a clearer idea that he wasn't human had he been green skinned.
0: <laughs> but as we all learned, when uh, Daniel Radcliffe's eye color does not match the eye color of the person playing his mother. Sometimes you have to make sacrifices to not torture child actors.
1: <laughs> and sometimes they- statues have boobs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe taught,
0: taught us a lot. <laughs> it's art. So,
1: what did you think of the interior of the ivory tower when we got to go in there with the childlike empress? Did you notice anything outstanding in there? Oh, uh,
0: Leading the witness
1: um, did this be
2: the second visit
1: to the dirty uncle place. Yes. Uh, I didn't notice anything. Thanks. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to watch it again, look at the walls and the decorations behind the childlike empress. I think you'll find them rad- rather O'Keefean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I think I made up that word because, according to the spell check from when I wrote that in the summary. Okefian isn't a thing, but it it definitely is. <laughs> um, no, awesome. I always just love that we go, when we see the Empress, it's literally just that one room. Like, the whole ivory tower that's the most important spot in all Fantasia. And it's her bedroom, and there's, like, one piece of furniture in it.
1: Did you hear me talk about that in a minute? When that's you were it! Gone? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, you, I, even, I described the whole tower going up I was like, you have this long staff, you have these three huge trefoils, you've got this big bowl, and inside that bowl, you've got three <laughs> smaller trefoils with a wall going around it, all with a rosebud inside it, and inside that rosebud is one bedroom for one person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get
0: me wrong, as a little girl, I totally wanted that bed, but it- Still, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous when you think about
1: it, okay, so I guess that brings us to Bastion and the Empress talking, or actually right yeah. before that, <laughs> him contemplating oh, yeah. whether or not to do the thing, and I then guess him we have doing the about thing the
0: name, huh?
1: yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to here. <laughs> if you had to hazard a guess, what would you think he maybe said here i I couldn't even tell you that he said something. Did you pick up the fact that he said he was going to name it or say the name of his own mother? No. Okay, so he did say earlier in the movie that why don't they choose me? I My mother had such a wonderful name and basically hinting that he would give his mother's name to the childlike empress.
0: It's a completely <laughs> legitimate idea. It's not yes. what's in the book, but it's a cute idea. It harms no one. And if you... Are like me, or like you watching this movie the first time, and all you hear is the storm, and you can see him shouting, but you can't tell what he says. That's fine. Everything was fine until you learn the truth.
1: <laughs> so there is a name that he calls
2: out here. I thought he didn't say a name because everything gets destroyed. I thought he just shouted and you know, into the wind. No, he
1: He definitely says a name here, and that's what that's what leaves that one, Piece of sand to start over with is because he does say a name. Are you ready for this? Can I have a drum roll, Tierney?
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't deserve a drum roll.
1: <laughs> so the name that he calls out, his mother's name apparently, is Moonchild. Let that sink in a little bit. So they drowned it out because it's ridiculous, or kind of, yeah. <laughs> now in the book. <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> Spielberg's suggestion. Maybe possibly
1: don't
0: <laughs> turn up the storm a little bit.
1: <laughs> right. So in the book, it makes more sense because it's not his mother's name. He's just making up a name. And that's a perfectly wonderful name to make up for somebody, especially something fantastic like this. Yeah. Moonchild, is beautiful. That's fine. But to yeah. preface it by saying that it's his mother's name is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> There's no getting around it
0: oh two two perfectly fine ideas that were not meant to be combined
1: kind of like and, um, limestone limestone pie and hot silver metal
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey if you're made of rock i'm sure that's great thomas uh, did you get permission to share my new favorite Story about Moonchild and the only reason that I will tolerate this for the rest of my life because it gave me this mental image. Tower.
1: Oh, yes. Let's go ahead and share this now. Yes. Because <laughs> I did say that I was going to do this. So I'm only going to read this comment now. The rest we'll read next, the rest of the week. Mark J. Hansen on the NeverEnding <laughs> Minute Lit Ivory Tower submits this story to us. I'm going to read it word for word. So my never-ending Moonchild story. A few months back, my son was obsessed with this movie, not only watching and rewatching, but reenacting scenes. His favorite was this one. He'd say, "I have to keep my feet on the ground," <laughs> and the whole "I will do what I dream." And then he'd run to the window and shout, "Moonchild!" This was about the same time he started kindergarten. He was doing fine there, except for one thing. He was afraid of the toilets, which are really loud and flush on their own. He'd refuse to use them. So we took him out to restaurants and malls with loud auto flushing toilets so he could get used to the noise. At one point, when he was tensing up waiting for the flush, I suggested that he shout Moonchild when the (laughs) toilet flushed. It worked. I have no idea if he's been doing this at school, but the conferences are next week, and he hasn't had any more problems with the toilets. (laughs) I can just imagine being in some public restroom and... It's got multiple stalls in there, and I'm sitting on mine. And then from a stall two doors down, I hear a dad coaxing his son to go to the bathroom and just hearing him scream, Moon Child, as the toilet flushes. This is outstanding. Mark, thank you so much for submitting that story. This is is awesome. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for, for taking the time to watch the movie now that you're a grown adult. And I know it doesn't quite hold up as well without the nostalgia behind it, but we do appreciate it, and we do appreciate your unique input on our podcast here. Yeah,
2: oh, hey, I was was glad to do it. I mean, I do a podcast with Tyranny about Return to Oz. You know, there's there's weird movies we watch as kids. I missed this one, but I (laughs) I caught other ones. And, you know, I I kind of feel like there's there's a great story here, and, like, Bastion is... Is no furus bulk in terms of child actors? Mm-hmm. You know, at least in this, you know, I don't know, maybe he did other things and it was great. We didn't even talk about the the uh the scientist and the and the winch. Oh yeah, angry oh, with wow. what did yes. you think about them? Uh I thought they were hilarious. I would have liked more of them. <laughs> winch, get to the winch, that was fantastic.
0: To the winch
1: switch? <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I I I liked the way that they were interacting with Bastion, that they were small and he was big, and he, you know, he's like Going all the way up his uh, like ski lift <laughs> to the top, and Bastion just sort of like takes a step up on a rock and he's <laughs> uh, his telescope was amazing. I want one of those for my desk. Yes.
0: Yeah, I I would absolutely watch a uh, Urgle and Engiwook movie, the scientist and his wife. I love yes. that she's a doctor. I want to see her in med school. <laughs> Were you cool with the? Act of revenge at the end of the movie because that's been a little controversial over the years. I know some people who really don't like that. With his unlimited wishes and an entire world of fantasy, what Bastion wants to do is get back at the bullies.
2: The the end it was just so strange to me because it like Bastion like joins up with Falcor. Bastion doesn't actually know Falcor. Like no, but they didn't interact.
1: This is it's basically saying that he wished this all into existence. Like, in back into existence again. So, he created Falcor as we've said before, Falkor 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> to ride on, and he brought everybody back to life and recreated Fantasia. And then after that, he went and took out his childish revenge on these bullies.
0: That's yeah. true. I shouldn't say the first thing he does, but still.
1: <laughs> that just didn't seem necessary to me.
2: Like, he he saved Fantasia. You know, he, he It kind of echoes the end of uh, the end of Return to Oz. Everything gets brought back as it was. I, I like that. Uh, I thought maybe they were going to have to start Fantasia like from from scratch, but you know, with the one piece of piece of sand. But you know, he just restored everything, right. which was which is great if you've got unlimited wishes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the biggest reason this happens and it becomes so confusing is because, as Tyranny and I and some of the listeners know, this isn't the end of the story. This is where they chose to end the movie, but it's not the end of the book. So that's why it may seem kind of sudden and chopped off is because there is more that's supposed to happen. But for the movie, they decided that this was the best ending point. Oh. And they
0: had Alan Oppenheimer to be narrator. So they just threw in a little wrap up and cut to black.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what they did. They said, we're not going to go on with this into the second half of the book. We're going to cut it up or end it with something. Oh, well, let's say poetic in, in chasing down the bullies that chased him down. Yeah. Who he should be very thankful f- to, by the way, <laughs> as should Fantasia. If it weren't for those bullies, we wouldn't have had this story.
2: I kind of thought he and Atreyu were going to sort of meet or, or something.
1: They do in the book.
2: Okay. So so it, it did lead. So it led me in the direction where the story does go. Yeah.
1: Right.
2: I thought that would Although, have been cool. Bastion and Atreyu, I- they could... Bo- you know, dragon and horse. Like, they could have adventures together.
0: <laughs> Although, I would have kind of enjoyed a scene where Bashi goes to climb up on Falkor's deck and Falcos just like, whoa, 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 where are you? And then, like, he's what waving to Atreyu. And a train is waving back, but then you see his face, he's like, I have no idea who you are.
1: <laughs> Again, thank you, Mike, for coming out and doing this. It's highly well, appreciated. You did talk Thank you for about- watching
0: a whole movie for us.
1: Right. You did talk about the podcast that you're doing with Tierney, and I know that's wrapping up here shortly as well. So why don't you go ahead and plug it for everybody?
2: Yeah, uh, we've been doing Return to Oz Minute, looking at the 1985 movie, Return to Oz. Like, never-ending story, a young character, enters another world, has adventures, gets to fly unusual creatures. (laughs) And yeah, we're over at Return to com. Everything you could want is there.
0: Uh, Even after we wrap, the episodes will still. You can go back and binge them as needed.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you again. And listeners, I know we're wrapping up here shortly for the movie, but we appreciate you so very much. Keep listening this week, and we're going to read out a lot more of the stuff that we have on the Listener Society and some reviews that we've gotten. And we have a small, small little surprise for you guys in Minute 94, so stay tuned. But that's... Another story. That shall be, be told another time. Wow, something is really different on the grower.